You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Close Through the Dark by Darwin XF on AO3. Whatever happens with us, your body will haunt mine. Whatever happens, this is. The Floating Poem, Unnumbered, an excerpt by Adrian Rich. That was it, Mulder said some minutes after they had collapsed to the bed. They lay side by side in the dark of his bedroom, his fingers laced behind his neck, his eyes idly following the shifting shadows on the ceiling. She was sprawled on her stomach, close but not touching him, her face half buried in a pillow. She emitted an occasional satisfied murmur. That was what? She asked lazily. That was the best sex I've ever had. Red-hot monkey sex, Scully. That was some primitive boot-knocking. Her laugh settled into a smirk, her eyes still closed. Was it okay when I... More than okay. In fact, their encounter had been playing behind her eyelids as she drifted next to him. She stole toward him and kissed the underside of his jaw, then rested her head on the landing strip of his chest. Good, he said, roping an arm around her and giving her a squeeze. I would normally, uh, ask first. That's not bad as a general rule, she said, but I think I set the tone molder. For this particular soiree. I picked up on that, he said, smiling at her. I'm not really sure what came over me. He shrugged, complaining the furthest thing from his mind. Also never good for Scully to overthink. In bed, anyway. His window was open a sliver allowing the city's dusky springtime hum to wash over them. Bars coughed patrons back up to the sidewalks as happy hour timed out, more carefree and certainly louder. All over the city, clusters of burst blossoms weighed down limbs. A nightbird trilled nearby, and light from a million bulbs worked its way around the edges of his blinds, which swayed and rattled in the breeze. A car alarm blared fruitlessly several blocks away. Why do the best words for sex all originate from the French? He asked, leaning down to kiss her mouth. Tonight's skirmish, you might be interested to know, took over the top spot from our rendezvous we had last Thursday. You have a list? Have you been making reports on me from the beginning, Mulder? Taking your little notes? That water's not from the faucet, is it, Scully? He asked, gesturing to the half-empty glass they'd been sharing. Jug in the fridge. Good. Nothing for the record. It's all up here, he said, tapping his temple. Scully lifted her head and looked at him. What did we... A slow smile spread across her face. Oh, yeah. Thursday was nice. Last Thursday beat out our power lunch from three Mondays ago, if you must know, which, at this point, is taking the bronze. Nipped it at the wire, Mulder said. Scully looked at him quizzically. Their physical intimacy had been progressing nicely, which, if pressed, she might admit was an understatement. But she didn't remember each session discreetly, start to finish like he seemed to. Their sex returned to her in hazy images and snippets of hushed conversations, recalled sensations decentering her at odd moments, striding through the cafeteria loaded down with two oranges and a paper cup of sencha tea, 
waiting perched on sofa's edge in Skinner's outer office, masked and gloved over a fresh corpse in some back autopsy bay. Her skin would flush, and she'd draw a deep breath to refocus on the task at hand. Lunch is a contemporary English word. 19th century, I think. Luncheon. Power is Latin in origin, maybe? But I'm pretty sure it comes to us via Anglo-Norman French as the verb poer, to be able to. Why aren't German words sexy, Scully? I can never decide whether your capacity for remembering literally everything except my birthday is more a curse or a blessing, she said, dragging her fingers through his shorn hair. You're so minky, she muttered, nipped at his peck. Me neither, he said. But when it comes to this, he said, wagging his index finger between them, it's all good. Hmm, she agreed. I'll work on the birthday thing, she snorted. I won't hold my breath. We celebrated this year. You invited me to dinner after you overheard Skinner wish me a happy birthday. You noticed that? That was kind of embarrassing, considering where things stood between us at that point. Lucky for you, after dinner, you made it up to me. I did, didn't I? He said, smiling wolfishly at her. He drew her more firmly against his chest. She sighed and settled there happily. Still, how does Skinner remember your birthday? Why does he? He never mentions my birthday. I've never taken a swing at him. You've held a gun on him, though, and accused him of treason. I guess he's the forgiving type. Good thing, or he would have canned me ages ago. True that. There was that one time, just before we left for Wisconsin, we sang in the bar. Three years ago, I was dying of cancer molder. Even Bill Jr. sent a card. Scully, I... It was nice all the same. You don't often have occasion to see sparklers in February. I never got to eat my snowball, though. Scully peeled herself away and stood at the end of the bed, pressing her arms skyward, with hands clasped in a deep stretch, dark in her hollows, not a stitch on. His eyes went soft, taking her in, as his tongue toyed with a sore spot on his freshly split lip. There's a dirty joke in there somewhere, but I'm too distracted to think of it. They had pulled on some clothes and were seated by his dining table, eating toast and lentil soup. Is this from a can? Scully said, pointing her spoon toward her bowl. It's good. It tastes like my mom's. It is your mom's, he said. She gave me a quart of it from her freezer at Thanksgiving. She insisted. She probably thinks you're too skinny and generally a helpless bachelor. I'll take what I can get. Besides, I like her. I've never met a Scully woman I didn't like. Remember Aunt Mara, my dad's spinster sister? She's kind of a drag. With the lavender hair? That's her. My mom only invites her out of obligation. She seemed like a bit of a sourpuss, Mulder agreed. Who spends all of Thanksgiving dinner with people you might see twice a year, complaining about noisy children and the lack of amenities on a recent cruise? I kept wanting to ask her about her hair, but I thought it might be rude. You have good manners, Mulder, but you've never spent time with my mom as my lover. True. You weren't putting out in November. Not that you know of. 
Touché, Scully, he said. She looked at him levelly, her expression unscrutable. But you weren't, right? She wasn't. That had been a hopeless situation. Other people, potentially suitable partners, crossed her path from time to time. Not every week or every month or even every season, but it happened. An everyday encounter would take a sideways turn. Something would spark, and she'd be taken aback, curious and flustered. Other people, interesting and interested, replete with ideas and passions, goals and stories, offering themselves to her. Did she want to grab a drink? How about lunch? You gotta eat, right? Seeking a way in. A way to begin to share with her their quirks and connections, victories and blunders. Their sympathies and histories she would never come to know. She wanted to say yes, but she never did. These candidates were disqualified. Dismissed out of hand by her. Simply for not being Mulder. Dismissed out of hand by her. Simply for not being Mulder. And every time this happened, her world grew smaller. In fact, it had irked her how friends and relations gathered for that holiday feast assumed she and Mulder were a couple, observing their easy intimacy. Because they weren't. She knew at some point this tension would become intolerable. She didn't know what she would do when that day came. At the time, it grieved her to even contemplate it. Wait. If memory serves, we engaged in some pretty hot premarital intercourse on my sofa not a half hour before meeting your mother for some post-mass brunch. This was, like, months ago. We did more than that. There was very little room for the Holy Spirit, as I recall. But she didn't know that. And what, monster boy, do you mean by premarital? You know what I mean. Does she know now? That we're going steady? Hints have been dropped. Also, we played some serious footsie at brunch. Not to mention I brought you to brunch. She's not an idiot. Huh. You know what I think, Scully? I think your mother knew what we were to each other long before we did. Maybe she did. I'm not sure how. Well, I've heard stories that you can get a little intense when I'm incapacitated. You know how the rumor mill is. She laughed. Down the street, someone yelled, Debbie, don't do this to me! The plaintive wail echoing up through the corridors of buildings. Maybe we should close the windows, she said. It doesn't bother me. For once, I'm about to curl up with my favorite warm body and somebody else is acting like a lunatic and going home alone. It's nice to be up here, she said. I couldn't believe your mom gave me your cross to hold when you were gone. I was afraid I'd lose it. I wore it for a while. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I don't have a jewelry box. She smirked at him. He looked down and smiled, still shy around her from time to time. I'm just glad I got a chance to give it back. I still have that football video you gave me that day. Somewhere. Maybe I'll even watch it one day. I was very suave, wasn't I? Also a jackass. To me, you were adorable, all sleepy-eyed and meek, drowning in some green grandpa windbreaker. You filled out nice since then, she said, running her eyes over his bare chest and arms. I was so relieved and petrified. 
I wanted to scoop you up and snatch you away to my lair forever, or else turn on my heel and spare you ever seeing me again. I fought those dueling impulses for years where you were concerned. I was more like the monster from Beowulf than boyfriend material. Grendel. Who wrote Beowulf? She asked. I had to read that in AP Lit. Anonymous. The same person who wrote Go Ask Alice. A cautionary tale to warn prim young women of the perils of the fast life. Prolific, said Scully. And such range. Too bad the name is lost to history. I've always wanted to name a dog Grendel. Not a fish? He stood up and made his way toward his fish tank. They flashed and scrummed near the surface as he approached barefoot and boxered. Her favorite look. The fish darted after the flakes as he, their golden god, tapped them into the tank. Grendel was hairy and bipedal, mammalian, omnivorous and moody. He lived with his mother, all wrong for a fish. It occurred to her that Mulder wanted to honor this medieval mythical monster like a long-dead but fondly remembered great-uncle. The story of Grendel more plausible to him than Jonah and the whale to most Christians. I'm glad you didn't succumb to any of those impulses, she said. I'm glad we seem to have found some middle ground. I didn't even have a way to talk to myself about any of it then, no less you, he said, picking up their bowls. You want more soup? No, thanks. We got there eventually, Scully said, yawning. It's true, my mom's always been a big fan of yours. It's a little surprising. I've never been a bring-him-home-to-mom kind of guy, I guess. It isn't that. She's more open than she used to be. She's a different person without Ahab. I think losing him, as devastating as it was, freed her up in a way. She's always my mother, but we're mutating. Something like a friendship in the works. I've gathered your dad had an imposing presence. Mostly in a good way, but yeah. Nobody's mother ever liked me before. What can I do to screw it up? Shag Aunt Mara? He asked from the kitchen. That would do it. Or you could start cross-dressing. Another sound idea. I wonder what my mother would do if you were to swing by next Thanksgiving sporting something festive from my closet. She tittered. Scully, are you trying to find a way to tell me about some kink of yours? Nah. The thought of your knobby knees popping out under a hemline doesn't do it for me. I'm just meandering. Even if it changed Margaret's opinion of me, your brother'd probably like me better dressed as a girl, so it would be a wash. He couldn't like you less. Does that bother you? Oh my. He stood behind her chair, loosening her shoulders. Her head dropped to her chest. Not unless it bothers you. I don't begrudge his protective streak. If we're still... doing this, she said, tipping her head back and smiling up at him, I plan to invite you to a family function or two. I have no problem telling him to cut the crap. Honestly, the most irritating thing about your brother is how he doesn't seem to know you at all. I want to ask him, have you even met Scully? That question would certainly confuse him. Maybe I've changed. Maybe he never really knew me. I think I know him, but maybe I don't. I'm sure if he drilled down under his stubborn grudge against you, he'd have no idea what to make of you. Adult sibling relationships are weird. He grew quiet, 
working his trapeze with his sensitive hands for another minute, then sitting back down at the table next to her. Samantha? she asked. He nodded. I wonder if we'd be friends. That's an odd thought. I think you would have been. That happens too. I guess I'll never know. He sighed. She put her hand over his and squeezed. They sat like that for a minute in the quiet. Why have I never met your other brother? Mulder asked. Charlie? He lives in L.A. He writes code and plays bass. Not necessarily in that order. He's smarter than the three of us put together. I doubt that. No, really. He started college at 16, dropped out at 18, and moved to Seattle. Go west, young man, Mulder said. I think it was less about Manifest Destiny and more about black tar heroin. Oh, how bad is his drug problem? I don't even know. I think it's more his side hustle at this point. He hasn't said three words to me since I joined the Bureau. I don't think my work aligns very well with his values. What he knows of your work. Right. He was closer with Melissa. More like-minded. That left you paired with Junior? Right? He's got a good heart, though. Bill always shows up for me and for Mom. I appreciate that. He nodded. Oh, God. She said. What? I just had an eerie thought. My favorite kind. If my brother Charlie stayed in D.C., he could have been the fourth gunman. He could have been the fourth gunman. Let me ask you something, Scully said, turning back to him and peeling off his wife beater. Just when he was hoping she'd come back to bed in her birthday suit, she picked up the dress shirt she'd taken off him earlier and put it on, the tails dangling above her knees as she fastened the buttons. She didn't keep pajamas at Mulder's though he'd recently cleared out a drawer for her, and hadn't gone home after work. Why, if my shirts are so much larger than yours, do they make the buttons so much smaller? That's not my question, Mulder, Scully said. Why are a lot of men so concerned with superlatives, with hierarchy, with who or what is number one? What do you mean? I've spent a lot of time with men, two brothers plus my dad, medical school, the academy law enforcement in general. She popped the collar of his shirt, pressed her nose to the fabric and snuffed. He'd done the same thing with her undies once, when she was in the shower. Um, hmm. Why is it always about ranking? Who's the best pure hitter in the history of baseball? Mantle, Carew, Babe Ruth? She sat on the edge of the bed and extended her arms so he could roll the cuffs of his own shirt, which dwarfed her. Adorably, obviously. Scully, I'm impressed. Since when do you speak sports? I don't give it a lot of thought, Mulder, but I pay attention. My brothers had that argument 50 times a day if they had it once. Each batter was unique and extraordinary, I presume. Among the best of his era. It's hitter, Scully. And none of them has a thing on you. That's flattering. I know how you feel about Mickey Mantle. In med school, it was stuff like which discovery had been most crucial to the advancement of modern medicine. DNA, penicillin, vaccines, all hugely important, but incomparable in any meaningful way. Why bother? What is it with this overwhelming desire to figure out who's number one? Wean is the operative word, I'm afraid. Is it that simple? 
she asked, wandering toward the window. I mean, Mulder, you have a profoundly penetrating, subtle, unique intellect. She peered through the two slats in the blinds, surveying the street below. You mean to tell me that your penis, which is also very nice, by the way, not to mention penetrating, especially of late. He was sitting up against his headboard, tracking her with his eyes like that picture in Dorian Gray. How does it work? Insecurity about your masculinity goads you into these insipid contests? He shrugged. She folded herself into the room's lone chair. Sometimes I'm glad I don't have one of those things, she said. So am I. Who says we don't have anything in common? I never did. Scully, exactly when did you start fantasizing about being penetrated by my intellect? I've always wondered. Also, I don't believe that I engage in that type of swordplay all that often. With the gunman? You try to act cool when I'm around. Then they start parsing and compiling, hooting and sparring. Doctor Who, condiments, super fun sites, quantum computing. And they draw you in. Not every time, but still. It's how we dudes lock horns. It's how we connect. What can I say, Scully? It gets boring to me, too. That's one reason I've preferred to work closely with women. One reason, she said, snickering, standing up. Are you going somewhere? If not, you're overdressed. Just to the kitchen for more water, she said, snagging the glass from the nightstand. Because I was hoping you'd stay over. I'd been planning on it. Tomorrow's Saturday, Mulder, and I don't care if Sasquatch himself breaches the perimeter of the White House. I'm not going to the office. Noted, he called out. We can have the Secret Service detain him till Monday. He could hear her clinging around in the kitchen. You'll have to clear out by noon, though, because I'm expecting my other lady friend to drop by. Oh, does Chantel make house calls? Marty? Snoopy squirrel. I don't snoop. I do sometimes play your messages to try to divine your whereabouts when you ditch me. And I'm kind enough to feed your fish, she said, re-entering the room. That's how they're still alive. I thought they just had, like, really slow metabolisms. You know what else I don't understand? Why would a guy blessed with a first name ideal for phone sex manufacture such a boring pseudonym? I've been wanting to ask you that for years. She slipped into the bed next to him. Why didn't you? I don't like to pry she said, rolling on top of him. I've always appreciated that about you, actually. I know you've been trying to duck this question with your little rationalizations, Scully, but what's the best sex you've ever had? He ran his hands under the edge of his shirt and slid them inside her panties, gripping her ass possessively. Mulder, I don't think it's okay if it's not with me. I'll take it as a challenge. That's the last thing I need. I can barely walk as it is. She felt his laugh rumble through his chest, imagined the alveoli of his lungs filling and jostling beneath her ear. I've got a few battle scars myself, he said, rubbing a welt on his shoulder. You could always just lie back and think of England, Scully. Once in a while, at least. Or, you know, develop an occasional headache. He kissed her. It takes two to tango. It takes two to tango.
If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.